0: there, welcome to the Real World NP podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash
1: podcast. So I don't know if you need to hear this, but I feel like this has been on my heart and I feel like somebody needs to hear it. And maybe that's you, so. I've been in practice for, um, since 2015 for about five years now and the entire time, basically the entire time since I started, since about six months in, I've precepted nurse practitioners like without a break. Cause I love it. And then also when I was in school, I mentored, um, you know, like earlier on students, I just, I just can't help myself, but I, I've had a lot of experience, um, mentoring and, Um, working with newer nurse practitioners and nurse practitioner students and I see a lot of commonalities um, and this feeling of like they feel really alone Um, and so I just wanted to kind of speak to that experience of the transition to practice Um, but yeah basically I didn't really feel like I was I knew what I was doing or I really loved being a nurse practitioner until about three years in Um, and I hesitate to share that because I feel like it might be discouraging but I feel like it's also very honest And this, there is a spectrum, right? And so there were always aspects of my job that I enjoyed along the way, but I didn't really feel like I can like walk into work. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm not super nervous. Like I, I'm always a little bit nervous, right? But just like walking in, feeling like I know what I'm doing, feeling confident, like all that kind of stuff. It took it took a little bit of time. So. I just wanted to like name and like acknowledge this, like what, like what makes this transition so hard? So there's, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the things I particularly see is that nurse practitioner students and nurse practitioners, after they get into practice is they are very heart centered, uh, um, excited, like focused on impact and being the best nurse practitioner they can be like really, really like, just like super high goals. And I have those too. And I think also met with that is this is so much excellence and so much achieving and so much quality. But at the same time, like those things together are so beautiful and we need more of that in the world. I think we also have like a darker side of it though, that I think that makes people feel like they're really alone in this transition. Um, there's this kind of like general psyche, And again, like this is not just the people that I work with like in person, but I'm also very, um, I have my, my spidey sense out in the world in terms of the internet and all that kind of stuff. Like I just see these themes over and over again of this like general feeling of like rushing and stress and anxiety and like not enoughness. Like, I don't know enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing it fast enough. Um, there's all these like things that I need to have done yesterday. Um, uh, and I just wanted to share like, number one, you're not alone in that, um, And then I also wanted to share like what is so hard about this transition and like hopefully encourage you to acknowledge yourself and give yourself a little bit of slack. So like, for example, like if somebody comes in, like you're working in the clinic, right? And somebody comes in with a chief complaint of abdominal pain, like as a nurse practitioner, newer nurse practitioner, your first thought is like, okay, so like I have to investigate the chief complaint of abdominal pain, which is a kind of like a stressful, scary diagnosis, right? Or chief complaint. You're thinking about the differentials. You're thinking about... Knowing all of those diagnoses, right? What that means, what that looks like, the physical exam, the history questions, making those decisions about the plan of care, the interventions, how to interpret those um, tests that you might order, what interventions to choose based on which diagnosis, like that right there is a ton of brain power. And then you're doing it in the context of like a real life person in front of you, right? who is coming with a chief complaint of abdominal pain, but may also have some other concerns, right? And each of those concerns that they have warrants that same process of differential diagnosis, history taking, all of that stuff, right? Um, And then you also like are trying to navigate this communication with the patient of like helping them feel heard and cared for, while at the same time acknowledging their concerns and like staying in your lane of like how I can best help you today. And at the same time, you have those other layers of like time management, like you're trying to do this all in about 15 to 20 minutes, getting it all done nicely, you know, wrapped up with a bow, um, documenting appropriately your history, your physical exam, signing off your note, and then you're just making your own decisions, right? And that in and of itself is a huge, huge role transition of like being the end of the line, right? Where you you're not always the end of the line. Like you you ideally should have some sort of support, other colleagues, other supervisors, like a supervisor that you can go to, which I could go on and on about, but I'll, I'll save that. But you're not necessarily always the end of the line. Like in this moment you are, but in the scope of everything, like there are other, there are other resources, there are other people, there are specialists, things like that. Um, and then like in the context, like this is just one patient visit and then you go out of the room and there are more patients waiting, The front desk is coming to talk to you to make a decision about something that you're like I have no idea what to make that decision about (laughs) and like your labs and the med refill like there's a lot right and I'm not saying this to kind of stress you out but I just want you to acknowledge that like as an experienced clinician most of those things for me are like well-worn pathways now like I'm comfortable getting a history I'm comfortable directing the visit and communicating and I've also seen diagnoses before and I've done the differential workup even when there's unusual presentations like I've done more Most of the brain power is on the new stuff and it's not on the like foundations of your practice, right? Of documenting and signing your note and all that stuff, you know? So there's a lot. And so I just wanted to like, I hope that you can acknowledge that like each of those things is something new to learn another part of it is that like every day is new, every patient is new. And like, I hear this from the mentees that I work with too, this just like kind of brain exhaustion of like, I just want things to be like something to be easy. You know, I just want something to be normal. Um, and that is just like a process over time. And it does get better and better, but like it, it takes a while. It takes a long time for those to kind of be like well-worn pathways in your brain, such that you can kind of like, those are easy. Those are the easy parts. Right. And then you can just focus on the hard stuff, which is the differential diagnosis, the management, like all of that stuff. Right. Um, so like, I just like, I just want to pause and like, hopefully you can, I do want to acknowledge you for being on this path and I'm going to try not to get emotional. It's really hard not to, because I acknowledge how difficult this is from my own experience and from what I see um, in other nurse practitioners. But like, I just want to acknowledge you for like, putting your beautiful heart in the world and like undergoing this transition to practice and it's not easy. Um, And I hope that you can give yourself that same acknowledgement of like recognizing how much you are actually learning on an everyday moment to moment, minute to minute, like day to day process, right? Um, And then like one other thing I wanted to highlight is that like in terms of like the transition to practice of like how people kind of like feel like they don't necessarily see how much they're doing and which contributes to that feeling of like, oh, I don't know enough, I'm not doing enough. and like not necessarily knowing what they're getting themselves into kind of thing it's like a little bit of a theme um, of like what i want to be focusing on in this video but um, there's a lot of um especially with the transition of practice is like nurse practitioner students are taking textbook patients and textbook chief complaints and diagnoses like even the simulated patients um like in the real world in your clinical rotations you'll see this right but like in the school-based world it's beautiful and it's so fun. Differential diagnosis and diagnosis in general is super interesting and fun. And like you're a detective and you're putting all the pieces together. And it's so lovely when they all fit together. You get your check boxes, it's tied with a bow. Um, you know exactly what to do, what to order, how to interpret it, the treatment. They all get better, right? <laughs> That's beautiful. That does happen in the real world sometimes and it's super cool. But at the same time, in the real world, patients come with chief complaints of all kinds. And some of them are unusual. Some of them are difficult, right? They're abdominal pain that's really vague and it's not really fitting into a category. Um, And it's like unclear. And then, um, you know, and then there's also this like experiential knowledge that I have now that it's hard when you're a newer nurse practitioner of like some things go away on their own and some things are not explainable. And like, I've acknowledged that reality from just from experience, right? An experiential experiential knowledge of somebody coming with a chief complaint that they're really, really concerned about. And I go through all the history questions, the physical exam, the investigation, all that stuff. And then they come back in for a visit, like two weeks later, a month later, and like, oh, that went away. That was just like a day, you know, or they'd had it for three months, and then it just went away. Right. And so that I never, I never don't work up and investigate someone's chief complaint, but I also have this like knowledge of like, you know, like the pressure comes off a little bit, especially with like the more vague diagnoses that are the big chief complaints that are not matching up that don't have any red flags. Um, you know, I have a little bit more ease with that. I mean, that's to say like, also there are chief complaints that we cannot investigate like there aren't there aren't distinct answers for despite our best efforts at investigation um and those patients are still suffering which is really unfortunate um that is one of like the biggest kind of like heart challenges that i have um (laughs) in terms of like desiring to care for patients um in clinical practice but we we know i think by the evidence that the more unusual presentations the more zebra diagnoses can take some time to uncover um, in multiple specialists in the same, like multiple specialists within one specialty field sometimes, you know, like a patient in, in the lab course recently, someone was presenting a, a case of uh, uh, abnormal labs of somebody that took nine specialists to figure out what was going on with them. Um, and they ended up having something like a zebra diagnosis, right, um, which we talked about. So, so yeah, so things like that happen. Um, but, yeah, I guess my, my main point here is, like, I just – I hope that you – number one can acknowledge number one that you're not alone and number two that this is very hard and all of the ways that i can see how it's hard that you might not be seeing because you are maybe discrediting how much work that is how much brain power that's taking because you're very focused on the the generating the differentials and learning more medicine Um, maybe you're not maybe you are acknowledging how hard it is but um with that said, I still hope that you can acknowledge yourself, that you can take really good care of yourself, give yourself more slack, try to get rid of those thoughts of like the not good enough and not knowing enough, because this is a marathon, it's not a sprint, um, and it's and it's a it's a huge personal development transition. Like it is it is mind blowing how challenging this is. So um, so yeah, just keeping all that in mind, I hope you're taking really good care of yourself, giving yourself slack, getting support, asking for support when you need it. Did you, did you like this video? If so, hit like and subscribe and share with your NP friends so together we can reach as many nurse practitioners as possible to help make their first years a little bit easier. And if you haven't grabbed it already, head over to realworldnp.com slash guide um, for the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, which I put together of my own kind of favorite resources, the best tried and true of a practice over time. You'll also get these emails sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, more bonuses and insights that I really just don't share anywhere else.
0: That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you
1: so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.